Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, welcome back. So, a couple things. Um, the name change. Alright. So, I know I was going by Mindful Magic EDH before. And the reason why I changed the name of the podcast is because there's actually a Mindful Magic um, group that did a podcast in 2019. They're from the UK. But uh, what they talked about was more along the lines of something... A little more, I don't know, wholesome, I guess you would say, right? Um, it what they the Mindful Magic Project is really about, from what I've seen, is helping uh, parents and their children, like, sort of, um, be calm, come to peace with like what it means to really, like, I don't know, exist as they try to put it, like what it means to to be, like what being means, you know. Um, they are still active on other platforms, social media, other than the podcast, they have a website and everything. So I felt like to, in any way, shape or form, anytime down the line, take away from that would kind of, uh, be a disservice to them, you know? So, um, that's probably the name change. So from this day forth, going to be going forth, going, going to be going forward as the, uh, Samic podcast that stands for spent all my money on cardboard because lord knows that i spent way too much goddamn money on this dumb cardboard game that i have so much fun playing all right um another disclaimer from here on out might be a little more uh explicit language wise and stuff you know kind of getting a little more free with it trying to flow a little better um be more comfortable it's kind of where i wanted to be in the first place but I guess I was trying to see if I could keep it a little tame. But, um, you know, I guess it's just uh, current human nature to really just want to curse all the time and and uh, talk shit about stuff that pisses you off, right? So, yeah. But, on another note, thanks to everyone who's listened to the first three episodes of this podcast so far. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate the support. Appreciate the love. Um, you guys can always follow the podcast twitter and interact with me there the handle will be um at samic edh that's s-a-m-m-o-c edh check that twitter every day to you know get a lot of the magic news as you guys know a ton of call time um reveals coming out and stuff so that's something to look out for and uh, I'm definitely on there all the time to see if I can get any information that I can or get ideas for deck building or combos or stuff like that. There's a ton of, there's a plethora of really cool information on there and ideas. So I like to take advantage of it. But for this week's episode, um, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about one converted mana cost enchantments. Okay. So again, reason why I'm talking about this topic is because I feel like I want to, uh, Reduce my curve a bit, right? Um, sort of find these cheaper cost enchantments that might prove to, uh, in some way, shape, or form, to be valuable somewhere down the line, right? That I could maybe throw in a couple of my commander decks, and maybe you guys have been looking for some some uh, cards like these, and uh, you might want to try them out too. So let's start off with white. We have. Aegis of Honor. 
As an ability, you pay one, one colorless. The next time an instant of sorcery spell would deal damage to you this turn, that spell deals damage to his controller instead. Where I see this card working, pretty obvious. If you have someone in your playgroup that loves playing Spellslinger, that loves burning people, perfect enchantment to hit him with. Number one, they're going to be super reluctant to hit you because you have this on the board. So you'll always have that, you always hold that one mana up in case you're going to try to throw a, a hefty burn spell. You know, let's say you got somebody that plays Calamax all the time and is copying spells and, and stuff like that, right? Perfect. Absolute opportune moment to use this and uh, protect yourself and make their little trickery plans fire back at them. Next up we have all sides, all sides, all side of life's bounty. It's an enchantment, sure, but it's an enchantment creature. So this might not exactly fit the bill, but I kind of lumped it in there because it's enchantment creature. So uh, it is a 1-1 with lifelink. You can pay one and sack it. And target creature or enchantment you control gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. So basically like a mother of runes, giver of runes, same kind of effect. Except for um, you can use it immediately uh, because there's just a pay. There's no tap, you know. But um, I'd still say objectively uh, mom or giver of runes is better because there's no sack part of the cost, right? Next up we have Authority of the Console. Creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. This is perfect. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your con opponent's control, you gain one life. So this is just a lot of value already with the first bar without the second bar, right? So for first line of text, creatures your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. Buys you a lot of time. Um gives you a good amount of protection then the second part whenever a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control you gain one life obviously this is uh probably a little bit better in like mo certain mono white decks you know uh wink wink heliod wink wink i plan on making a heliod deck soon so this is one of the cards that i'm definitely going to be going for um you get a lot of value out of gaining life you know let's say in a perfect world right you're playing against someone with token generation this works perfectly for you all right, perfect matchup. Next up, we have Blessing of the Nephilim. It's an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one for each of its colors. This might be the reason why I put this in um, is because I saw a bit of value for five color and four color commanders, like the Ur Dragon. Although the Ur Dragon doesn't really need any plus one plus one let's be real it's a 10 10 right but um there's a couple other five color five color uh commanders that this might be a little useful for to make it a little stronger um give it a little bit of a little bit of beef in case someone tries to throw some damage at it instead of just destroying it some direct damage you know mono red players do that sometimes right and uh yeah just buff it up a little bit i'd say this isn't really that good for anything that's three color or below. I'd say definitely just straight four or five. And by the way, any of these enchantments that I'm listing, I only listed because I saw some form of value in them. I went through the gatherer and I looked at a, a 
I try to, you know, work the filters around. Obviously, the filters aren't perfect. You know, it never gives you everything. It just gives you a, a range of some stuff and leaves a couple things out. But out of what I could see, these are the ones that I got that I saw were interesting or uh, something that I might use myself or something that I see to be potentially very useful. Next up, we have High Ground. This is a really good enchantment, actually. Um, one white. Each creature you control can block an additional creature. This is what we're talking about, boys. Uh, we get some nice little token generation cooking, all right? And then, bam, we slam this out, right? Imagine that you're playing Naya. You're getting tokens out the ass, left and right. And then, bam, you slam this down. No, it doesn't matter if someone swings at you, all right? I mean, it kind of does, but it'll matter even less because you have all the chump blockers in the world and you can block two creatures with one of yours. Two for the price of one, all right? That's a, that's a better deal than the sham wow, all right? We're talking, if we're being real here, fantastic enchantment. And, and it's a one drop in white? Come on. Next up, we have land tax with this amazing ass art that I'm looking at of like a treasure chest with mountains in it at the beginning of your upkeep if an opponent controls more lands than you you may search your library for up to three basic land cards reveal them put them into your hand then shuffle your library key word in this is may up until literally this seconds ago i thought that you had to grab all three and pull them into your hand and then you just flood your hand with lands uh, that's just another instance of me. I have, I'm notorious for not reading cards correctly. All right, in my friend group, they make fun of me for it. It is what it is. All right, but keyword you may search for up to three basic land cards. This is prime mono white ramp, guys. Although it doesn't put anything to the battlefield or anything like that. It's going to bring it to your hand and it's at the beginning of every single one of your turns right at your upkeep so each turn you're gonna be hitting those land drops all right you're not gonna be you're not gonna be missing out on nothing all those all those green decks people are playing because people love to ramp up and go fast well you tell them you know what i'll be able to not exactly keep up with you 100 but i'm gonna do my goddamn best and trail behind you and that is worth a lot Especially in Mono White. Let's be real, guys. Mono White struggles with a lot of things. Next up, we have Limited Resources. This card, I think, is real spicy. All right. When Limited Resources comes into play, each player chooses five lands he or she controls and sacrifices the rest. As long as there are ten or more lands in play, players cannot play lands. Think about that. Think about it. You can play this card so early. Right? And let's say you get the land advantage somehow. Let's say you're playing some color combination uh, that lets you ramp up quickly and you have white. And you slam this down. It's over. If, if you have this in your opening hand and you're able to ramp up faster than your opponents and you slam this down and let's say they each have like two lands each come on it's done 
if, if you're confident enough, if you have one of these low curve decks where you have all these low cost cards and you have this in here, if you can survive on four lands, I mean, obviously you'll have artifacts and stuff in there, right? But if you can survive on four lands consistently, four to five, and you get this out early, your opponents are screwed. All right. Um, if it's a little more even playing field, you know, again, you'll still probably benefit from it a little more if you have like these low cost decks versus these people that have a curve that, you know, takes a dip and then goes super high for their like super expensive, you know, their expropriates, their Sovala Stampede, their, their Omniscience, whatever high cost spells they're playing, their Jenga Taxes, whatever they got going, right? They're not going to be able to play those. So effectively, you're kind of bringing everyone to your level. Really great card. Next up, we have Reconnaissance. Remove target attacking creature you control from combat and untap it. And this is a free ability. It says pay zero and you do this. <clears throat> Beneficial for those commanders where you need an attack trigger, but people keep putting up blockers and you're getting kind of screwed, right? Um, sure, you're not going to get the damage off, but if you're just going for attack triggers, like this is enough, all right? This is kind of insurance that you'll always meet your commander triggers without having to risk it for the biscuit. Unless someone destroys this, then it kind of sucks. It sucks real bad. Next up, we're moving to blue. We have Aqueous Form. It's an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature can't be blocked. <clears throat> Whenever enchanted creature attacks, scry one. I mean, self-explanatory, right? One blue to make a creature unblockable. The value's there. The value, the value's on the card. All right, the value's in the paper. I don't even need to explain that one. Next up, we have Controlled Instincts. One blue. Enchant red or green creature. Enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. Kind of targeted, you know, since it has to be red or green. But if you have those kind of, uh, you know, gruel players that you play against, stirring up a bit of trouble, I guess it could be useful, you know? <clears throat> Next up, we have Mind Harness. Play only on a red or green creature. Cumulative upkeep. One. So each turn you're going to pay one more than the last. Gain control of enchanted creature. I mean. This, this is okay. Right? Like the cumulative upkeep kind of sucks. But if you get a really good creature. Then what you can do with it within a couple turns. Might be really worth for this card. Right? Again you're limited to red or green creatures. But. You know, you do what you can. Next up, we have Mystic Remora. I actually have this card. I thought it was great. Uh, it wasn't that great. Um, at least when I use it. So, Cumulative Upkeep, one. Same thing, again. You're going to pay one more than the last uh, payment that you made on each of your upkeeps. Whenever target opponent successfully casts a non-creature spell, you may draw a card. That player may pay four to counter this effect. 
Um, is that the updated text? Oh, I gotta double check that. Could have sworn it read differently on uh on my card. Okay, yeah. Uh, old text said target opponent. <clears throat> Newer text says an opponent. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, you may draw a card unless that player plays four. Um, way better with an opponent versus target opponent, right? Um, but I guess each each time you can just switch the target. But anyways, I digress. Um, good early game because people are going to be pulling out, you know, a lot of ramp instants and sorceries. Or dropping some artifacts, anything to help them speed up their early game. So it's really valuable, I'd say, from turns one to three, and then you get to four, and then like it falls off super hard. And you don't want to have to keep paying that cumulative upkeep. But again, if you if you get this in your opening hand, could be pretty worth. Next up, we have quest for Eula's Temple. At the beginning of your upkeep. You may look at the top of your library. If it's a creature card, you may reveal it and put a quest counter on Quest for Eula's Temple. At the beginning of each end step, guys, each end step, keywords. If there are three or more quest counters on Quest for Eula's Temple, you may put a Kraken, Leviathan, Octopus, or Serpent Creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Holy moly. Holy Sea Creature Tribal. Alright, if you're running a Sea Creature Tribal kind of deck, I'd say this card is essential. If you can, if it's 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 a blue, so you're going to have options for card draw. If you have consistent card draw, this is great, because it's each end step. You're going to be popping these bad boys out like it's nothing. You get a, you get a sweet little Rhystic Study out there, in combination with this, beautiful. Throw a bunch of nice little creatures in there. Just just slam them out for free. If you get this out early, you're cooking with grease. Alright. And you only need three or more quest counters on this. So it takes three turns to get the full value out of it. I don't know. It seems really good to me. You know, I've I've ran a uh, a deck with Krakens, Leviathans, and Serpents. So I saw this and I got a little excited. Makes me want to kinda bring something back, you know? Next up, we have Robe of Mirrors. One blue. Enchant Creature. Enchanted Creature has Shroud. Um, I mean, one mana cost protection, you know? Could be useful for protecting commanders or protecting whatever hate bearers you want to bring out. Um, yeah. I mean, for one blue, like, that's, that's pretty inexpensive. You know? Like, you... You pay two for lightning greaves to give something, uh, what haste and shroud, right? Or you know, two for swiftfoot boots, and then one for equip to give it hexproof and haste. Or whisper so cloak, you know, three mana to um, plop it out and equip to give something unblockable and shroud, versus just one mana that you can get off really easy. Uh, I mean, I guess it's all situational, you know, but definitely something to be considered. Next up, we have one blue sigil of sleep. 
Enchant Creature. Whenever Enchanted Creature deals combat damage to a player, return target creature that player controls to its owner's hand. Um, I mean, this one was this one's just okay. You know, I thought it was interesting, which is why I threw it on this list. Whenever Enchanted Creature deals combat damage to a player, return target creature that player controls to its owner's hand. So, if somebody is, if somebody has a commander that's always swinging out, and they try to play other creatures to give their commander some sort of value, each time they try to swing with the commander, it's just going to bounce it back to their hand, right? You know, you can choose. And it's, it might set them behind a little bit, set them in kind of a loop, right? Where they have to keep recasting. And then if they try to swing again, they have the threat of having to bounce back. But not that great of an enchantment, right? Next up, we have Soothe Saying. One blue. You can you may pay three colorless and two blue to shuffle your library. Or you may pay X and look at the top X cards of your library and put them back in any order. I'd say this is really great for cards that rely or for decks that rely um, on filtering through the top of your library, you know, Yannette, Narset, Enlightened Master cards where you're going to flip the top or look at a certain amount of cards and you want to get the best combination possible, right? Best order. This card's essential. Next up, we have Telepathy, one blue. Your opponents play with their hands revealed. One deck in particular that I can see this being very useful for is Send Triplets. I tried to run send triplets at one point. It didn't go well. My table didn't handle it well. They just focused me down and I didn't have a good time, you know. But I guess in the end, I can't really blame them, you know. Send triplets is kind of a salty card. You get to use someone's hands um, to your advantage and play against them. Next up, we have training grounds. One blue. Activated abilities of creatures you control cost up to two less to activate this effect can't reduce the amount of a mana of mana and ability cost to activate to less than one mana so it can't go negative obvious or it can't, it can't go to zero wait it can't reduce the amount of mana and ability cost to less than one mana so it can't go down to zero you know um I said it can't go negative. That's so stupid. It can't go down to zero, but it can go down to one, uh, which is really great um, in certain cases because some abilities are just such a hefty cost. And sure, they'll give good value, but it's just a pain to keep trying to use them over and over. So this is one of those ones that might give you a little bit of value depending on who you run as a commander, you know. Moving on to black, we have Graph Harvest. Zombies you control have menace. This is for all my zombie tribal peoples, right? All the Verena Lich Queen players. You may pay three in the black. Exile a creature card from your graveyard. Put a 2-2 two -two black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. Uh, I mean, zombie tribal. Is it good? It can be, you know? Like I said, with Verena, you get a lot of card draw. So something like this might be really good because you're just consistently putting zombies out and swinging, getting a bunch of card draw. 
or any other zombie tribal that you try to run. Uh, the ability cost on it is pretty hefty, three and a black for only one black zombie. But uh, it's what you make of it. Next up we have Paralyze. When Paralyze enters the battlefield, tap Enchanted Creature. Oh, this is an orb, by the way. Enchanted Creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. At the beginning of the upkeep of Enchanted Creature's controller, that player may pay for uh, colorless, four of any color. If he or she does, untap that creature. So, again, kind of targeted, but if you know you're going to be playing against someone that swings out a lot, and their creature is constantly being tapped. This is perfect because to be able to untap that creature to use whatever um, kind of to use if they want to swing out with it or if they have an ability that involves tapping and they want to uh, use it for value, they have to pay for it. So it's gonna and it's only at their upkeep, right? So to be able to use their commander or whatever creature this is, they have to pay for. And no matter at what point in the game, or actually I say, you know, if games are super long, I guess it won't really be as effective. But most points of the game, four mana is a lot of mana to go to waste. All right. It's just, it's a loss that's very risky. Let's just say that. Next up, we have Planar Void. Whenever a card is put into the grave, into a graveyard, remove that card from the game. So... One black to exile stuff out of graveyards. This is very uh, anti-reanimate deck, you know. Um, worked really well against your Moldrothas. Uh, there's another one I forgot what was called, but I had somebody run it against me. It's pretty annoying. Um, any card that just uses it to their advantage, you know. All the, a lot of a ton of Golgari decks. Let's be real, a ton of Golgari themed decks. Moving on to red. Footfall Crater. It's an enchantment aura. Enchant land. Enchanted land has tap. Target creature gains trample and haste until the end of turn. It also has cycling one. Discard this card and draw a card. Um, this is something I didn't really expect to see. But it seems pretty good. You know, considering the fact that you can just keep this land up. And each turn, you'll be able to give a creature haste. Am I, am I going crazy? Like, this seems so great. Next up, we have Imposing Visage. One red. Target creature cannot be blocked by only one creature. So it just gives a creature menace. It's okay for a one drop. Give something gives one creature only menace. Versus like, let's say... The, gra the graph harvest that we talked about earlier in black where all zombies you control have menace but um, you know I guess you do what you can with what you got next up we have mass hysteria one red all creatures have haste so this is one of these cards there's another card like this that I'm going to talk about too this is one of these cards that are very tricky because they work well in decks where you just go fast i'm talking ricky bobby you're just flying all right i'm talking cranko turn one because you got the jeweled lotus my guy and and you're just 
pumping out goblins, right? You're pumping out tokens. You're pumping out a ton of creatures. By turn four, you have a whole army. And you slam this out, all creatures have haste. It's risky because your opponents will also get haste. But if you have a deck that pops off extremely quickly and generates a good amount of creatures, perfect. Again, risky if you don't get it early. If you get it late, it's basically worth jack shit because you're just going to be helping everyone else out. If you get it early, it could be real good. Um, actually, before I move on, let me retract that statement. Early or late, I could see a being of some value and also being very detrimental to your own play. Moving on to green. One green, burgeoning. Whenever an opponent plays a land, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Really great if you're playing landfall decks. Uh, really great if you're playing green, no matter what, because you're going to get that those extra lands. Really interesting, interesting way of ramping, but also it just pulls from your hand. So at a certain point, you're going to run out of lands and this is going to have no effect. And then from that point and beyond... If you draw a land, you're just going to play it as your land for turn. And this card, again, has no effect. But, like I said, you know, if you're playing a landfall deck, maybe you'll have some use for it. Other than that, I don't see much more value than that. But early, i definitely say, is a really good card. Next up, we have Carpet of Flowers. During your main phase, you may add up to X mana of one color to your mana pool. Where X is the number of islands target opponent controls. For being real, blue is one of the best colors in the game, if not the best color. And extremely popular. And I'm sure that a lot of you guys have people in your playgroup that always run blue. So take this targeted ass card, throw it in one of your decks, slam it out on them. And say, hey, each of my main phases, first main phase and the post-combat main phase, I'm going to get a crap ton of mana thanks to your islands. How does that feel? All right. I'm, I'm only talking like this because I'm salty. Because I got smacked up by a mono blue Thassa deck the other day. And that shit hurt. That shit hurt my feelings. All right. I wish I had this card at that time. Next up, we have Wild Growth, Enchantment Aura, Enchant Land. Whenever Enchanted Land is tapped for mana, its controller adds an additional green. Uh, one mana ramp, you know. But only downside is it can be targeted. So if someone wants to set, set you back a little bit, you know, they can destroy it. It both is and isn't great. Next up we have Concordant Crossroads. Creatures may attack or use abilities that include the tap symbol during the turn they are brought into play. This is probably old wording, but basically creatures have haste. All creatures have haste, right? Same thing as the one I talked about earlier, the red one, which was Mass Hysteria. If you're pumping something out early, really fast, it could be very useful to you. You know, that's all I'm saying. Or, 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 another example for these cards. If you get this in a late hand... And you have a nice little creature combo you want to throw out that's going to shake it up. Could be useful to throw out. I don't know. It's really up to you guys. You know, it. Is, like I said, this game is what you make of it. 
Next up we have Exploration. Everyone knows Exploration because this card is, was so expensive. And it got reprinted in Double Masters. And people were like, hell yeah, gonna get that full art Exploration, right? Nah, you guys didn't get it. Let's, let's be honest. You guys just bought the regular vanilla ass Exploration. So Exploration, one of the green. You may play an additional land on each of your turns. Fantastic for most green decks. But as I said with burgeoning, eventually it's not going to be very useful because you're going to run out of lands in your hand and then you're just going to top deck a land, throw the land out, and that's it. One land per turn, back to normal, baby. Next up we have Helix Pinnacle. One green and this enchantment actually has Shroud. You may pay X. Put X tower counters on Helix Pinnacle. At the beginning of your upkeep, if there are 100 or more tower counters on Helix Pinnacle, you win the game. So for all you degenerates out there generating infinite mana and you have green, this is the card for you. It's a little, it's a little bit of a meme win condition, right? And it has Shroud, so they're not going to target removing. So, you know. Good luck everyone dealing with that when it comes out on the table. I've been beaten by this once. And uh, it felt pretty dumb. Which is why it seems so fun. Next up we have Miri's Guile. During your upkeep, you may look at the top three cards of your library and put them back in any order. This is a watered down, nerfed uh, Sylvan Library. Because you get to draw three. Or not draw three. You get to look at the top three and put them back in any order. Versus Sylvan Library, you know, you can draw two and then pay the life to keep them in your hand or put them back. You know, there's no way to get them in your hand, but at least you're kind of filtering through the top of your deck. I guess it's better to say this is more of a more of a Sensei's dividing top, except for you can't tap it and then uh, grab the top of your library, right? Um, I got one that I couldn't find in Gatherer, but I found through EDH Rec, I believe, which is again why I said Gatherer is not perfect. Alright. We have Mana Bond, one green. During your discard phase, you may choose to put all lands from your hand into play. If you do, discard the rest of your hand. Landfall decks. This is for you. Alright. Throw them lands out and go fast. And this card is only like five bucks. Fantastic. Um, going back to black, because I realized now that I'm looking at my phone, I actually missed one. Uh, Phyrexian Reclamation. Super, pop super popular card. Uh, you pay one colorless, or one of any color, and a black. And you pay two life. Return target creature from your graveyard to your hand. So again, these uh, graveyard decks or any black deck really where you're tired of people messing with your shit because black doesn't have a super ton of counterplay um that's for you and last but not least we have an orzov card so you can play you can pay either a white or a black it's an enchantment aura as long as enchanted creature is white it gets plus one power, plus two toughness. As long as enchanted creature is black, it gets plus two toughness, or plus two power, and plus one toughness, sorry. I only included this because 
It's perfect for an Orzhov commander that needs a nice little plus three plus three for only one mana. Isn't that great? Plus three plus three for one mana. Seems fantastic to me. Anyways, guys, um, this is a bit of a longer episode. I know it's been a minute since I posted. Again, you know, I'm trying my best. I'm literally only able... I live in a, a very busy household, right? The only time I'm able to record is around 2 to 3 a.m. And, you know, I got work. I'm not always feeling it. I'm doing my best, you know. I got a couple topics I want to talk about in the next upcoming episodes. One of them is going to be uh, the secondary market and how frustrating it can be with how expensive cards are. Another one is Theros Enchantment Gods, problematic question mark, or just really goddamn good, you know? Or do we all just need to get good? All I'm saying is I've faced defeat at the hand of these cards so many times and uh, feeling a little salty about it. All right. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening to the Samic podcast this week. I really appreciate the love and support. Again, you can always hit me up on Twitter at Samic EDH. That's S-A-M-M-O-C-E-D-H. And at the end of this episode, I'd like to take a moment to thank some friends from the Wizard Staff podcast for giving me a shout out before I change the name of the podcast. Um, really nice guys, Blake and Guy. I did an episode with them before. I hope to hopefully soon come back and maybe give input on another topic and join the boys and actually drink a little more this time and uh, have a little bit of fun. But anyways, thank you guys for shouting me out. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, playing EDH on Spell Table with y'all. So, hope to see you guys, or hope to hear from you guys, or hope you guys hear me in the next week. I'm, I'm aiming for next week to post another episode somewhere along the early side of the week, but, you know, you never know. Life happens, right? But, yeah, I'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks, guys.